0: Better than this. Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday episode of the show. Kyle, happy Tuesday to you.
1: Happy Tuesday to you. Let me ask you that I'm gonna extend you the courtesy today since I stole it yesterday. Do you have any off topic talking blurbs? before we get rolling into Zach Wilson.
0: You know, I never think about that. Damn. (laughs) Because I know that I kicked to you right off the bat, so the pressure is completely off to have any type of, you know, break the ice banter.
1: It's like me with ad reads. It's great. I never have to worry about ad reads on eats because I just know Joe's, Joe's the one who's buttoned up. I just know I got to try and interrupt them make him break the fourth wall and laugh during the the Bill Bar reads and that's it. Um so you listened to this show this podcast I guess it was last week and you highly recommend it. it's Flying Coach with Peter Schrager and Sean McVeigh. and uh you had we, we had heard everybody buzzing about the Kyle Shanahan one, right? It's like a mm-hmm. hour interview with McVeigh and Shanahan talking ball and there's so many great Things that were discussed throughout the course of that hour, but I thought one of the most enjoyable things for me, uh, and it, it's relevant to anybody regardless of what your craft is. It's sp- especially relevant for us and as drafts draft dudes, right? And, and NFL draft media and town evaluators. But doesn't matter whether you're. Uh, A bookkeeper or a plumber or a draft scout or a writer or whatever they talked a lot and Joe you let me know if this stood out to you as well about the process versus the results and not marrying yourself to the outcome and what is more important is to have process that A, as Sean McVay talked a lot about, continues to evolve and you use each game, each year, each practice as not a failure necessarily, but a learning experience. And you know, I think that was especially relevant for us. And I've thought a lot about some of the conversations we've had about talent evaluation and players and the learning experiences that they provide you and not beating yourself up over an outcome that didn't go the way that you wanted it to, but uh, instead focusing on your process and, and honing that and developing that. So I don't know if that part of their conversation jumped out to you in the same way that it did to me, but I thought it was especially relevant for us based on some of our private conversations, some of the conversations with our larger group at TDN and uh anybody who's interested in working in this industry really
0: yeah that did stand out to me obviously being committed to a sound process but I really liked how it extended to Peter Schrager and tying it in with yes uh, speculation over
1: drafts and mock
0: drafts and speculation over who Shanahan was going to draft and how Schrager was you know fully in on the idea of it being Mac Jones at number three and you know even bringing up the tennis stuff and how that's really going to be a valuable piece of it for Kyle Shanahan and the footwork and all those types of things. And, you know, Shanahan was pretty candid about how he processed everyone's thoughts on what he was going to do. And, you know, he, they talked, Schreger was talking about, he's like, yeah, people were all over for me, over me for getting that wrong. But at the end of the day, I had, I'm an analyst and I gave you a sound argument, a defendable argument for why I believe the way that I did. And like, at the end of the day, that's all anybody should ever ask for out of an analyst that you've done the work. You've, you've considered everything you can, and you come to some conclusion. And as long as the process to arrive into that conclusion is defendable. Okay. The, the right or wrong, the binary part of it. Okay. Like how did you get to that conclusion? I think that's where we should care a lot more.
1: Yeah. Well, and Shanahan came over the top and backed him and he yeah. said, you did have good process and yeah. you no, know, are, are people expecting you to, uh, do the work be educated and offer an expert opinion or are they expecting you to tell the future yeah. and yeah. that part made me laugh yeah. out loud that's yeah. like you know that that was pretty cool for for coach shanahan to to offer that perspective and you know it's, i'm i'm still processing it because i watched it on sunday night joe but you know <laughs> you're absolutely right that that extension of that conversation of process versus results uh, especially relevant for us in sports media because they they talked about it in sports media with Peter Schrager.
0: So it's one of those podcasts. that's probably worth listening to not just twice, but like multiple times because right. there's so and, much to extrapolate.
1: And then take the note-taking uh, methodology that we talked about on yesterday's show as courtesy of Jordan Palmer, and write notes as you listen to it, and then make sure you retain all of it oh. with that. So if you missed yesterday's Look show, this. go ahead and flip it back around and uh, listen to that after you're done today's.
0: Building off of concepts. I like Let's it. Love
1: it. Let's go. Let's right. go.
0: So we're continuing our evaluation of the situations that the first-round quarterbacks for the 2021 NFL Draft have been drafted into. And on the heels of training camp, we have a pretty good idea of what these situations are are going to look like. Yesterday, we did Trevor Lawrence. Today is all about number two overall pick, Zach Wilson for the New York Jets. We are going to assess the coaching situation, the quarterback room, the offensive line, the run game, the pass catchers, and the defense. We're going to score them on a scale of one to five. One is a fail. Five is it's perfect. Three is average. We'll go through each category and figure out what exactly Zach Wilson is walking into. And we'll start with the coaching situation head coach Robert Sala first year coming over as the outstanding defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Offensive coordinator is Mike LaFleur, who's a Kyle Shanahan disciple, been with him since 2014. And before that, he had some low-level college gigs, but he's basically been with Shanahan every step of the way since 2014. Then they have a quarterbacks coach by the name of Rob Calabrese, who's a youngin, 31 years old, was a, a graduate assistant at UCF for two years. They spent three years at Wagner was the running backs coach his first year and then the QB coach and offensive coordinator two seasons as the offensive QC for Denver. Now he's Zach Wilson's quarterbacks coach. They also have a pass game specialist, Greg Knapp, who's been longtime NFL coach since 1995, Uh pretty good stretch as a offensive coordinator, but mostly like a quarterbacks coach, a lot of experience uh, in the league since 1995. So when I look at that collection of people around Zach Wilson, it's hard to really give them any bonus for Robert Saleh, right? He's a defensive-minded coach. I love right. him. I thought he was the right guy for the job. I don't know that he does anything to help Zach Wilson in year one. LaFleur is young. I like his pedigree with Shanahan. His quarterback's coach is young. Maybe he's a star in the making, right? But to be entrusted, your first gig, right, as a position coach in the NFL, is go hey, to the go number de- two pick.
1: Go, go develop the number two right. overall pick, right?
0: I think this is below average. I'm giving it a, I'm giving it a two. I don't think it's a fail, but I'm giving it a two.
1: I also gave it a two. Uh, I think there's plenty of reasons for optimism, and I'm sure, Joe, with our backgrounds in the AFC East, there will be some mm-hmm. who claim we are not able to be objective about this conversation. Uh, but I, I see no reason why there should not be long-term optimism. You're excited about the pipeline that they've tapped yeah. into with their coaching Absolutely. hires, right? But there's just not a lot of – tangible substance right now to it there's not the, the the track record for what they're being asked to do here in New York with a rookie quarterback with a really young roster it's not there right now and, and I think there's some redeeming parts of this supporting cast that as we work through we'll find and get into and this just isn't one of them based on what their resume is and I, I can't give you a better grade based on what I think you can be I have to be honest about what you are right now. So like talking at the top of the show with Peter Schrager and Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan with their play calling. My process, I feel good about my process. And maybe the result comes back and Zach Wilson is a Justin Herbert level star in year one. But I look at it with the information that we have available now, and it's a below average group. I gave it two.
0: Next up is the quarterbacks in the room with Zach Wilson. And there are two others, James Morgan. Kyle, neither one of these men have thrown a pass in an NFL game. There is not a quarterback on the New York jets that has ever thrown a pass in an NFL game. This is a fail. This is absolutely a fail. This is a one through and through. And here's the thing, like go sign Matt Barkley, go sign Matt Barkley, who was, amazing for Josh Allen was the Bills started off with just Nathan Peterman as the quarterback on the roster with Josh Allen entering his rookie season by week six, they signed Derek Anderson and Matt Barkley because they knew he had to have something else right in the room to help him learn how to be a pro. They're failing Zach Wilson with this situation. And Matt Barkley is uh, waiting for someone to sign him. I don't love Matt Barkley, but he would uh, elevate this situation immediately. Well,
1: I think where this will probably be disputed for anybody who does not agree with us because I'm also giving it a one is what the value of backup quarterback is. And it's, oh, who cares? Washed up vet, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like, you got to have somebody to, even beyond just the stereotypical quote unquote teach you how to be a pro, right? Like you need somebody who has seen the things that you are experiencing from the player's perspective and can help steer and guide you through that. And the Jets don't have that right now. So in a super high pressure situation, right? Zach coming from BYU to New York, uh, everything's going to be highly scrutinized. And... Um, I think they're doing him a great disservice, much like we talked at the end of yesterday's show about if we would have retroactively gone back and looked at like Joe Burrow and the disservice they did him uh, with the inexperience of the coaches and the lack of any experience in the quarterback room around him. I feel a lot of the same things. Now, Joe, obviously, before he got hurt, went out and played with some really bright flashes of play, and I still think that's possible for Zach Wilson but it won't be because he's getting into the quarterback room on Tuesday after a game and somebody who's been a starter in the NFL, who's his backup says, Hey, you know, I, I watched film. Maybe next time, try this. Maybe next time, try that.
0: Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs Including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so next up, we're going to take a look at this offensive line. Left tackle, Mikai Becton, first-round pick from 2020. Had a pretty good rookie season. Their left guard, Elijah Vera Tucker, one of their first-round picks from this year. Center's Connor McGovern. Right guard, it's probably one of their camp battles between Greg Van Roten, Alex Lewis, Dan Feeney, one of them will be the right guard. And then right tackle, the newly signed Morgan Moses, which is a really nice pickup and obviously – uh, George Fant and Chuma Odoga as their primary backups at tackle. Kyle, look at this offensive line and I like a lot of what's happening here. Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker, I think, has the upside of being one of the better left sides of the offensive line in the game, right? But we, you know, we Elijah Vera Tucker has to play and be, you know, Beckton banged up a little bit as a rookie, had some nice flashes, but you know, he's still developing as a player. McGovern at center, I think is a good run blocker. He's a reasonable starter. I like what they were able to get in Moses. Right guard is definitely a question mark. Um, I'm giving this a, like right at the middle. I think this is really, really average at a three, with some parts of this that I think can play at a level that makes it better than average.
1: So I gave this a three and a half. Uh, so I like this line better than what Jacksonville has to offer. Uh, the addition of Morgan Moses, I think, is. Should could not possibly be understated as far as the value that it brings. Because if it wasn't Morgan Moses, who is it going to be? We're playing Fant George Fan or George, George Tuma Doga there on the right? Yeah. Like, hard pass. No thank right. you. So to get the amount of size and length that you have at both tackle spots when Becton's healthy should really give Zach some comfort and peace of mind for what room he has to work within the pocket. And obviously, Vera Tucker, as you said, uh, they traded up to get him. The expectations are super high. He was really good. He's shown some positional versatility uh, during his time at USC, but his athleticism really shines on the inside. So you're expecting him next to Becton to be a really high ceiling group. Um, That right guard spot, I think, is certainly one that, Maybe they find somebody off the uh, the waiver wire. They could they can give some more competition there. I don't think that should be considered a finished product. But like you got three quality starters, and, and that's not even mentioning Connor McGovern, who I think is um, a middle of the road center. So I like a lot of pieces here. Uh, it's it's just kind of what's the ceiling of this entire unit. Which sometimes the sum of the individual parts is greater than the sum of the whole uh, with some new pieces and moving parts.
0: Yeah, on that right guard spot, I will say none of them are standouts, but there's a lot of starting experience to be found between Lewis Feeney and, and Greg Van Roten. So now, run game as a whole, that's our next category. Obviously, there's nothing notable at running back. Well, Michael P. Ryan, Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter. I will say, though, the Shanahan style of run. Offense has never really been predicated on having a bell cow or or, or, Mm -hmm. you know this star running back. So that is something that I I do keep in mind. You have an offensive line that there's some likable qualities. I I do think that it's very much a a work in progress and I think them gelling together is going to be really important for a wide zone attack and um, being able to, you know, work in unison and, and be able to maximize their opportunity to create space. So I, I, I have some questions here for sure. I don't think I can give it a three. I I don't think it's average, not without having anything notable at running back in an offensive line that I think is still a work in progress. It's a two for me.
1: A two. I gave it a three. Um, Mostly because, as you mentioned, the pipeline and the style of play that they are going to be implementing uh, alleviates some of the need for a prominent runner in the backfield and and i think between coleman who has some experience he's not necessarily been productive experience but some experience in this kind of system uh michael carter who running zone concepts at north carolina was very effective in those situations um and and then you have a couple power dynamics between Lamichael p ryan and josh adams uh I think this is passable. Now, I will be completely honest. If Morgan Moses was not here, this is probably a two, two and a half for me. But the addition of Morgan Moses and pairing him with a presumably healthy Mekhi Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker and his athleticism at guard has enough for me to say, okay, you take all these pieces, you put it into a coaching tree and system that has had success finding production on the ground. I'm willing to give it some benefit of the doubt, so I'm giving an average, uh, but obviously you need Morgan Moses to play to the level that he played last year at for Washington, and he had not done that for the past few years prior, so if you're skeptical of that, I can understand why you would be a little lower, I understand you look at the personnel, in the running backs room and you say man this ain't it this ain't a finished product at all and i get that too but it's just you I, i'm taking all those pieces together and i'm willing to give it a little bit of the benefit of the doubt
0: this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands that the warehouse they have happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Kyle, the next lens we're going to look at this situation through is the pass catchers. Yes. Wide Wide receivers, Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder is still around Uh, Keelan Cole, they signed in free agency. Elijah Moore, second-round pick. And Denzel Mims, second-round pick from 2020. I'm not sure they have much at tight end that's worth mentioning. And um, running back, I think Michael Carter is probably the guy you would look at as the the, the featured pass catcher out of that backfield. Yep. I I feel like I'm going first every time. So you you talk about this group and give your grade, and then I'll go. Yeah, so
1: part of what made Corey Davis – finally live up to some of the expectations i mean he was a top 10 pick so i don't i still don't think necessarily he's fully lived up to those level of expectations from an investment perspective but that was the titans you're now obviously in new york with the jets part of what made him start to produce was the fact that he was not the man right aj brown his emergence really helped open things up but he is now going to be asked to be the man, because Elijah Moore is exciting as he is and as, as, as electric as he is as an athlete. He has not played a snap in the NFL before. So I would caution Jets fans against having expectations that he's going to come in and be what Justin Jefferson was for the Vikings. Uh, for you, uh, the opportunity should be there for him to have ample targets, ample touches, uh, but that's... Those are the kinds of players that are the exception to the rule. So Corey Davis is your wide receiver. One is probably not ideal. I would describe it as I agree with you on the tight end room. Uh, Chris Herndon, if the breakout was going to come, it would have happened by now. You know, there was some buzz there for a hot sack and it's really tapered back off. Uh, Ryan Griffin, uh, Chris, can you correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Griffin is coming off of an injury from last season. Is that correct?
2: Allow me to check this for you, but I believe you are correct.
1: I seem to remember a fantasy situation which involved dropping Ryan Griffin uh, due to injury after a fairly productive stretch of play, which was a buzzkill for me. But uh, I could be wrong. Uh, beyond that, at the, the tight end room, Tyler Croft, Travon Wesco, Kenny Yaboa. Like you said, not nothing really of note there. Michael Carter, pass catching back. I gave this group a two. Uh, I compare it to the two and a half that I gave Jacksonville yesterday. And I think Jacksonville probably has one more appealing piece in the passing game than what the Jets do. I know I did not mention Jamison Crowder, uh, but Jamison Crowder's production very much was the Jarvis Landry role in the Adam Gase offense. Crowder's perfectly fine as a mid-level wide receiver on your depth chart, but to expect him to catch on balls and all, like, you, you don't want him in that role. Right? So the personnel, I think just from a skills perspective, everybody's probably a slot too high versus where you'd ideally like them to be if you were going to feel good about the group. So I gave him a two.
0: Right there with a two as well on this group. Um, I think, Elijah Moore can be really special. I like Denzel Mims. They just, they're young, right? And like you said there, I think that that was a perfect way to put it. Everyone's just a little bit higher up on the depth chart than you would ideally have it. And um, I think the good thing is Zach Wilson, I think he's a spread the ball around type guy. And he's got options. I just don't know that any of them are absolute number ones funnel your passing game through that type player. And then obviously having nothing at tight end and only, only a rookie is your, is your lead pass catcher out of the backfield is, is concerning.
2: I just want to clean up what Kyle asked. Yes. An ankle injury for Ryan Griffin is what he had uh, last year. And then was also placed on the COVID list throughout the course of the year. So to answer your question from before.
1: I think I'm thinking of the 2019 season though, when he caught five touchdowns. Um, Cause he caught nine balls last year. So I think he I think his season ended in December in 2019 uh, and then that bounce back was not a good one.
2: Yes, it was a 2019 ankle injury. Missed the remainder of that year. Came back in in 2020, uh, was activated, played a little bit and then was on the COVID list in December of 2020 and then was activated later on. So a up and a roller coaster ride for Angriff.
0: All right. So last up is defense. I'll tell you what. How do you not love Robert Saleh as the defensive coordinator, top five defense with San Francisco last year, despite the injuries that they faced? I really like this defensive line that they have. Sheldon Rankins and Quinton Williams is a really good pair of interior players. Carl Lawson on the edge linebacker to me is a complete wild card with Mosley coming back, needing something from Blake Cashman. I, I mean, Gerard Davis, is is he finally going to live up to expectations Safety looks good, but this is the worst cornerback room in the game. So we have a lot, of, a lot of issues here on this defense. I gave it a two.
1: I gave it a two. If it was not Robert Saleh, oh boy, I'd probably have given it a one and a half. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't have given a complete bottom out because the talent on the defensive front's really good, mm-hmm. right? As you mentioned, uh, you have Quentin Williams. Uh, you brought in Carl Lawson. You brought in Sheldon Rankins. Uh, Vinny Curry is present here in this group. You have John Franklin Myers and Kyle. F- like, you've got some options up front to have some really high-level play. Um, but the linebacker group, as you mentioned, it's been a while since we've seen C.J. Mosley play. Uh, Gerard Davis has been primarily just a C-ball, chase ball linebacker at the NFL level, Struggle with with tackling consistency. Uh, marcus may uh how what's his temperament gonna be like playing with it you know they yeah. the jets apparently didn't even call him back on his last offer so chris do you have any thoughts on on that i know obviously the jamal adams transition helped marcus may but now we're, it feels like we're doing the same song and dance
2: yeah i'm not necessarily thrilled about it but we're here. There's nothing that I can really say or do that will change it. They clearly don't see eye to eye on a contract extension. So they're just going to let this play out and we're just going to go from here. It feels like Jamal Adams 2.0 and just not saying that Marcus May wants out. It's just the situations are very similar as to where there's a player, right? Where they could have probably gotten a long term deal with Dunn. They've chosen not to for some reason. And now they're in this weird awkward spot where it's like, okay, He's just going to leave probably pretty soon because I don't think you're going to go down this road where you're going to tag him a bunch.
1: Right. So uh, I gave him a one and a half. Uh, I think the defensive line is certainly, it's not just redeeming, it's good. Uh, And and then Robert Saleh being a good coach will help give this team a fighting chance. But like Joe said, not a unit that you can really lean on or, or rely upon to help slow down some of the opposing Groups, You think about trying to defend the Bills, uh, you think about Miami bringing in Jalen Waddell and Will Fuller with Devontae Parker there and them trying to cover those guys just in the secondary just within the AFC East. I think those matchups will probably be problematic for the Jets in year one uh, under Robert Saleh and this new regime. So uh, they got a ways to go, but it's also a long term process. Joe, I finished with 13 points, three and a half points behind what I gave the Jacksonville Jaguars for Trevor Lawrence on yesterday's show.
0: Tally's up to a 12 for me with Zach Wilson. I had hey. Lawrence at 19.75.
1: Hey,
2: Chris. Shuby's, what's up? My math does not match Kyle's math. I think Kyle is being uh, a little disingenuous here. Kyle, you gave coaching a two. Yes. QB room a one. Yes. Offensive line three and a half. Yes. Run game three. Yes. Pass catchers two. Yes. Defense two.
1: Yes. Excuse me. So 13 and a half. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let me ask you this, Chris. (laughs) I wanted
0: this half point.
1: Let me ask you this. You obviously have an interesting angle here listening to us to talk about your team for the last 28 minutes and change. How objective did you feel as though we were? Where did we sell the Jets short anywhere? Do you feel like any biases crept in here? Cause we, we genuinely don't look at it that way, but sometimes bias can be subconscious. So I'm just curious what your input is on how we covered the jets
2: today. There were, there were two places in which I thought you maybe could have graded the team a little bit higher. I completely agree with where you guys had quarterback room, the offensive line, uh, the run game, the defense. I, I agreed with you coaching. I would have just made the argument that there is at least enough experience and there's enough that we don't know about Robert Sala that I just would have gone average. That I'm not going to knock a guy because he's never had the opportunity to be a head coach before, so I would have just settled on a three, but I'm not mad that you guys went at two. I would have just taken a more glass-half-full approach to the coaching staff. Okay. And then I, I think you guys are just down on this pass-catching group that I think is extremely deep, deeper than we've seen in years past from this New York Jet team and I think has a ton of talent across the board. I think Elijah Moore is going to have a really big year one. So I would have gone at least a three there. But, you know, hey, what are you going to do?
1: We'll agree to disagree on the dynamics at play in the pass-catching group. Anything else, Joe?
0: No, I'm good. Um, looking forward to the rest of these quarterbacks. Uh, the, yeah, as we've talked about, as you kind of work down the draft – you're, you're getting picked to teams that aren't number one, number two, right? I mean, even right. San Francisco traded up to three. They were at 12. So we have teams that have had more success, and I'm interested to in seeing if the grades reflect that or not.
1: Yeah, I anticipate to some degree they will, um, because if you asked me which landing spots uh, I felt the best about with quarterbacks, for their immediate and long-term projection, I would not have had Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson at the top of my list because of the situation and environment that they are in. So uh, San Francisco fans, make sure you come back tomorrow as we do this exact exercise with Trey Lance. I'm Kyle Krabs with Joe Reno and Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast.